Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And I got to tell you, I am beyond excited about this episode. I'm a huge fan of my guest, huge fan of his work and the work of his company. I actually reference their work all the time. And so if you've heard me talk about YouTube at different events, or if you're a client and we've strategized about about YouTube ads, you've probably heard me talk about some of my guests' work over the years, and I've highlighted how fantastic it is. Hey, Brett Curry here. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to talk quickly about YouTube ads. People ask me all the time, what makes for a great YouTube ad? And it's true. The ad is the hardest part for getting YouTube to work. Now, I love the campaign structure. I love audience targeting. And I love tinkering with bids and using the smart bid algorithm. And I even like budget management. I like all that behind the scenes stuff. But I've seen it time and time again where the exact same campaign structure just limps along with a mediocre video. But you get the right video with the right message that resonates with people, and that same campaign structure just takes off. It scales. And so over the last couple of years, my team and I, we've been collecting good YouTube ads. We've been watching, we've been paying attention, looking at our own clients, looking at the numbers, finding what are ads that resonate and work on YouTube. And so we started building this little guide, this little guide that we use internally. And we started categorizing ads and giving them fun names like the manifesto and the UGC mashup and the have it all. And so we started kind of breaking down what elements in these videos make them work. And so I was speaking at a recent event and I just happened to mention that this resource existed and uh, people sort of clamored for it. Like everybody's like, hey, I want to see the guy. I want to see that resource. I want to see all these successful ads. And so that's what we've done. So we put together this resource, kind of first time ever, going to share it with a broader audience. It's free. So check it out and get our list of winning YouTube ad formulas with lots of examples. Let this be your inspiration for your next killer YouTube ad. So this is a free resource. We'll link to it in the show notes to this show, but you can also go to omgcommerce.com. Click on resources and then guides, and it's the YouTube ad templates and guide. Check it out, and I hope it inspires your next killer YouTube ad campaign. And now, back to the show. I'm delighted to welcome to the show Daniel Harmon. Daniel is the chief creative officer for the Harmon Brothers, the studio that's been responsible for some of the most iconic online video ads like Squatty Potty and Poopery and Chatbooks and Lumi, and the list goes on and on, Purple Mattress. And so I'm just delighted and excited to, to pick the brain and just have a, a fun chat with the famous Daniel Harmon. So Daniel, welcome to the show, man, and, and thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me on, Brett. Yeah. So we connected, we met at Social Media Marketing World. We both spoke there at the time of this recording. That was just a few weeks ago and uh, met at the speaker's party. And so we we're chatting about all the, the fun things you guys are doing. And so I want to do a couple of things. One, I want, to, I want to uncover some of your secrets you know, for creating these great video ads. But I'd also like people to hear the story. And, and I want to hear the story of you know how the Harmon Brothers came to be, how you guys went from you know, not an agency to building this really iconic agency in our space. Okay, awesome. Well, originally, 
my brothers, my brothers Neil and Jeffrey were co-founders of a company called Aura Brush, and it became famous for um, its YouTube marketing. They they brought me in to work um, on the marketing team at Harmon Brothers. Uh, sorry, excuse me, at Aura Brush as an art director, and um, eventually, I mean, through through the YouTube marketing, we. Ended up with Aura Brushes. It's a tongue cleaner for bad breath in Walmart, in Walgreens, CVS, all over the place internationally um, with this all this distribution. Is that product still going strong today? Yeah, they um, Aura Brush was bought up by Dentec, nice. um, which nice. um, also does a lot of uh, other oral hygiene products. And eventually we got to a point where we kind of saw the company going in a different direction. We were ready for a change of pace and... Um, a company called Poopery reached out to my brother Jeffrey, sent him some product, and and a deal was put together to do a campaign for them. And we thought we would be the marketing team for Poopery in the same way that we were at Aura Brush. So we resigned to do that campaign, and ultimately we needed a place to be able to put the money for the campaign. And so it's a middle of the night decision. We need, we're establishing an LLC. When I say we, I mean, it's Jeffrey and my brother, Neil. And like literally, literally at like 12 o'clock at night, okay, what are we going to call this thing? Well, let's just call it Harmon Brothers LLC and we'll change it later if we have to. <laughs> and so that's how the name came about. And once the Poopery campaign launched, we were launching it for my brother's kitchen table. Uh, the, the news started to cite like Huffington Post picked it up and a bunch of um, like Adweek and um, Adweek, all yeah. these other platforms had, had picked it up and they started citing creative agency, Harbor Brothers. We were looking back and forth across the table at each other and saying, huh? are, we an, are we an agency? <laughs> I guess we're an agency. I mean, we did some, I can't, if we did some advertising work for hire for this company. So yeah, yes, that makes us an agency. And the name kind of stuck there. Like we didn't actually intend to start an advertising agency at that point. Things be- became pretty clear into the campaign business-wise that it wasn't going to make sense for us to become a part of the company. Got it. Um, but we had done this work for them and then the recognition had all come. And from Poopery, the CEO of Squatty Potty noticed us and reached out to us. We eventually ended up doing a campaign for them. And things kind of things kind of blew up from there, right? We had a pretty good period between Poopery and Squatty Potty where we did a bunch of stuff you would never even have heard of. Well, we did one collaboration with the Piano Guys that are very yeah, famous yes. on YouTube as well as um, Peter Hollins was on that. And the, even the Mormon Tabernacle Choir um, was, mm-hmm. was a part of that one. And we had done that. It was a nativity video. Um, I think it has somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 million views or something across all, across all the different versions. But uh, that was very uh, successful. But as far as like getting our ad formula down, we we didn't really nail that down until Squatty Potty. And then obviously followed up with Purple Chaplets, Firefix and, and uh, Lumi and the list goes on, right? But yeah, that's how Harmer Brothers came yeah. to be. It was a little bit by, by accident. It was just trying to solve one problem for one client at the time. And then uh, eventually we became an agency. <laughs> I love it. I think that's, that's the way, you know, a lot of really successful companies start or, or at least that premise where, yeah, we didn't, we didn't intend to be this 
world-renowned agency, we were trying to work on a project and work on a video, and then it just it just happened, and that's that's really cool. Also, I think it's appropriate for me to mention now you're also the author of a book called From Poop to Gold, and so I think because I'm not the I'm not the author. The author, is the author. Chris, Chris Jones. He yeah, yeah. he he followed us around. He had inside access into um, our business for years. Like he went around to our shoots. He went around to our writing retreats. He went, he spent days in the office. He interviewed us all. Um, he's, he's a good friend of ours. And he, he was very thorough and we did help write it obviously. Um, but no, the, the, the author's Chris Jones, but he did a, He did a fantastic job. And it's just kind of an inside peek into um, our culture of what are the fundamentals that make Harmon Brothers work. And yeah, it's called From, from Poop to Gold, like you mentioned. Which I think is the, yeah, the, the very appropriate title and, and props to Chris uh, Jones as the author there. Uh, but it, it totally makes sense. So Poopery launched it and then Squatty Potty kind of helped you, you nail down that, that formula. And so I want to I wanna talk about video ads in general and we'll, we'll share some tips and some secrets. But I'm curious... With Poopery kind of being the you know the first big project you guys worked on outside of your own company, um, what what was that process like to come up with that that idea and and how did you land on this you know petite girl with a British accent talking about Poopery? How, how did that how did that come to be? So it starts with needing to make a taboo subject into something safe to talk about. Specifically, right. the goal is let's make let's make it a conversation piece around the dinner table. And the idea, it was my brother's idea, uh, Jeffrey thought of this idea of, okay, let's let's have it be a kind of posh British spokesperson because they can say all sorts of things that we can't get away with. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> and then also um, the kind of the feeling that you have of when you're really embarrassed about the smell you create in the bathroom of taking this toilet and putting it in the different situations uh, where it's in the actual stall, but also at a dairy farm and in the actual office setting and with a, you know, with a, with a boyfriend. And at a party. At the house. Like yeah, yeah. All the party and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where the concept started was like, let's, let's have something that makes a lot of sense to, um, to the brand. And then let's put a tone on it that makes it so it's safe to to talk about. Yep, I love it. I love it. Where where do you think most video advertisers go wrong, right? And this is something actually I got invited to speak at the YouTube LA offices um, a couple of weeks ago. And and our our agency, I think most people that listen to the podcast know, but just for those that don't, we focus more on the campaign structure and build out and and we manage a lot of YouTube ad campaigns for e-commerce. We don't currently do any anything on the creative side that's why we're always referencing you know you guys um thank you but but a lot of a lot of the ads we see we say hey this probably isn't ready for prime time but but we can test it and and whatnot and so uh, you know one of the the stats that that google has released recently is that 70 percent of the success of a youtube ad campaign is the creative is the creative Mm -hmm. itself because even if you have the right audience and the right structure and the right bid and all you know all the math is right which is you know the part that i really enjoy if the video is false flat, then none of the rest of it matters, right? Yeah. Very so, true. so what do you think? A lot of where, where do a lot of video advertisers go wrong when they're creating video ads? 
So I'll start with the first and foremost. I think they go wrong in assuming that a video campaign is going to be a silver bullet for their business. Hmm. What I mean by that is if they don't have their product or service nailed down, then video is a really good tool for educating people and scaling it. Um, And it's really good for sales, but if the fundamentals of the product or the service aren't aren't nailed down it's not really going to matter how great your marketing is you when you marry great products and services with great marketing great advertising that's that's when you really get the the perfect recipe for success 100% so, so i'd say that's that's a pitfall another one is assuming that being funny is the secret to sales success. I know we've right. created a lot of this misperception in the market. <laughs> that all, all our ads have a lot of comedy in them, but they also have really great fundamental sales principles and structure. Absolutely. And so we always are, around Harvard Brothers, we've coined this term, sales first, art second. And if you don't get that right, you have the clarity. Most creative, most creative shops are, are the opposite, right? Most Art creative shops are, are, are the opposite. And there, there comes a time when you can switch over to art first and sales second if you are a mega brand. Right. You have to be at that point more of like an Apple or a Nike or um, a Ford or something along those lines where everybody knows about you right. and you just need right. to remind them and make them feel something, right? That, um, but the, for most people, I assume that listen to your podcast, they're probably at a different stage where they're still Absolutely. growing and they've got to educate more and they've got to cut through that clutter. And so that's, that's one thing that people, they just figure, oh yeah, comedy is what's going to do it. And then I'd say another pitfall is that people still, I'm still baffled, but um, people will create first for some sort of a broadcast or TV type of concept rather than creating for the platform. For example, creating first for YouTube, if you're on YouTube or creating first for Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or wherever, wherever it might be. And if you're not creating content that's specific to the platform, not just like in the aspect ratio of the video, but of the type of content, the, the habits of the viewers that are on those platforms, then, uh, then it's going to fall flat as well. I love that. That's so good. I, I love all three of those points. And, and you're right. You know, the if you don't have a good product and you don't have a good company to back it up, really all your video ad campaign will do if it's a successful ad campaign is reveal those inefficiencies and those deficiencies, right? It, it'll just allow more and more people to see, hey, this product isn't really great, right? Well, and we've had that happen, right? Admittedly, we've, we, in, especially in our earlier days, we had clients partner up with us that are like, oh, Harbor Brothers are the silver bullet. I'm not getting any sales. No, we, we, we show success when they've already established sales, they've already right. established what yep. their message is, and then we're able to expand all that and amplify it with video. Yep, absolutely. And and really, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of a student of marketing and advertising, been studying it since I was in college. But, but, you know, reading some of the classics like Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins and, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, John Caples, I believe it was, and Scientific Advertising by, by Claude Hopkins and all these, you know, talking about, hey, good ads sell. Good mm-hmm. ads cause people to make a decision and to pull out their wallets and, and buy. So I love that sales first, art second. That does apply to the clients we work with most as well. So that's 
That's fantastic. And then, you know, I, th- I think that to your third point, you know, people kind of create for TV. I think that's just what we've always seen, right? So when we, mm-hmm. when we go to, hey, what, what kind of, how do I make a good video ad? We just think TV is our, our frame of reference. But different things work on different platforms. We talk about that. You know, a lot of people come to us because they've had success with Facebook video ads. We don't really do much with Facebook. They come to us to talk YouTube. And you can't really take, in most cases, you can't really take a video that's working well on Facebook and immediately translate that to YouTube. You need to do more with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so creating for the platform could not agree more. Um, so, so that was fantastic. Thank you for that. Let's, let's talk a little bit about it. I'd be fascinated to know, and I know you can only, you know, we're limited on time, so there's only so much you can share, but what does the creative process look like? So you're given a product, you know, like Squatty Potty, or you're given a product like Chat Books, which is one of my favorite videos you guys have created. What's the creative process look like? How, how do you come up with the big idea, you know, the hook, and then yeah. kind of the theme of that video? What, what does that process look like? It starts with experiencing the product or service for ourselves. We feel like we communicate the best when we are able to put our put ourselves in the shoes of the customers, or actually become the customer ourselves. And that was the case with, you know, with Aura Brush, with Poopery, with with Squatty Potty, with Purple, so on. Um, I still you all, use all these products to this day, right? And so, if you if you can think like a customer, then you can talk. Um, like a customer or talk to the customer in a way that they're going to understand. So that's the first one. We have to have some sort of passion for it. Um, I always say that nothing sells better than the truth. And what I mean by that is when you are truthfully passionate and excited about the, pro- uh, the product or service, then that will come across in your advertising and in your marketing. And then from there, it's about finding the key insight that, differentiated piece that, that at least that's our focus at Harmon Brothers is we we're looking for either really disruptive and in differentiated products that we can that we can market for or that uh, or we're looking for like category creators like Squatty Potty was actually creating a category all of its own right to some degree Poopery was as well um, in its own sense um, purple was a, uh, it was in a category that already existed, but it was so differentiated that it was a category disruptor. Yep. So that's a lot of, um, what we look for, but then holding in on what that thing is and then making it really, making it really clear. What's, what's the thing that's going to make people remember something about it? And specifically what's, what's the visual? This is video, Right. What's the visual that will be able to communicate that? Mm-hmm. And that's where you get concepts like um, an egg drop test, right? That is um, brilliant. used for purple. Yep. Well, thank you. And then, or where you get a unicorn demonstrating the proper squatting position for for going number two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which which again is like this funny, and, 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 you, and you went back to the, the British accent with the prince and then a, and then a cute unicorn mm-hmm. and soft serve ice cream. It was the... It was the perfect way to, to talk about a potentially pretty gross subject, uh, but make it fun and still create that message of, hey, this, this is a whole new way of thinking about it and looking at it. And, uh, but you made it, you made it easy to talk about and consume. Yeah. And, and how do you make things really memorable for people so that they'll talk about them, even if they didn't buy the service or product on the spot? That's, that's another um, question we, uh, we ask ourselves. 
yep. answer your question. I can't even remember. You totally did. And, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about some nuances there. I love how you talk about, you know, making it clear. So the, the, the question was around how do you come up with the big idea, right? How do you come up with, with the, the concept behind some of these and what's the theme that's going to kind of be run, you know, the golden thread that's going to kind of be run through the, the video. And so I think, you know, talking about that, that big differentiator, that big thing that, that does separate this from, from all others. And then how do you make that clear and how do you make that obvious? And what's interesting is that I think sometimes business owners aren't the best at doing that, right? There's a, they, they, they know... They're too close to it. Yes. They know inherently why their product is great. But there's like that, that curse of knowledge that Chip and Dan Heath talk about. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. Made, to, made to Stick is classic. They've oh, got to read dude, that. Yeah. So good. So good. And uh, uh, so, yeah, you've got to make it clear. And so you help bring that to light. Any, any other you know, like techniques or things you do? And I love the fact that you guys experience the product and, and stuff. Do you, do you talk to customers? Do you, what, else, what else do you do to kind of help uncover how do we make this really clear and visual? Yeah, if I'm not the customer myself, then we, we're going to make sure that we do talk to customers about how, how they feel about that. For example, we're going to test our script out on people that would be in the demographic. We're going to make sure that that's in um, a really good place. And then the, uh, the other side of it is also, like you said, that clarity is what wins. Like um, another great book is Building a Story Brand by Don, Donald Miller. Excellent. He talks about how, how clarity wins there. And you, you, if you, we say this all the time in our training um, on harmanbrothersuniversity.com. Um, we always talk about how you've got to, if you have the, dis, if you have to make a choice between being funny and being clear, choose clear. Or if you Absolutely. have to make, make the dip, uh, choice between being clever or being clear and choose clear or, or being cinematic and clear, choose clear. Like always err on the side of clarity for your customer because then, then it's much more, it's people aren't making a decision about whether or not to buy you based on whether or not they understand, but just whether or not they say, oh, this is actually solving a problem for me in my life. How, how do you, do you guys have any kind of tests, you know, litmus tests or things you're looking for to, to understand, are we being clear? Because, mm-hmm. you know, business owners are too close to it. I think sometimes, you know, once a creative agency gets, digs in deep, they could err on the side of being a little bit too close to it. How do you, how do you know when you're really clear and when something's going to resonate? Fresh eyes. So you always want to show your work to fresh eyes at every stage of the process. Take your script, go to a person that hasn't heard it before, read it. Um, and then ask them, not did anything confuse you, but ask what part confused you. Just mm-hmm. assume that something confused them yeah. and they'll dig for something, right? So that's, that's one of the big indicators of what, you know, was there, what, what, what part of the script confused you? Um, and then the, the, we do the same thing on the edit of the video itself or show it to someone that hasn't seen it before. Okay, what, what confused you? And they'll be like, oh, you know, this part did not make sense to me. Um, so those are a couple of really good things is just assume that you haven't got it right on your first, yes. on your first go and ask people that are in the tar- target demographic um, as you read through it. And as you um, show them the edit, like uh, just, just ask them, they'll, they'll tell you, especially if you just make the, the question that specific. Make it that specific. And, and, and I love the way you phrase that. Cause if you say, did anything confuse you, you may kind of tap into people's, propensity to be nice and they yeah just, oh, like no, 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 no. Well, i don't I want to offend it. it's, really it's so great. great yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah people but what are, confused you 
people are liars, right? Exactly. <laughs> and they're doing it to, to they're nice. doing, they're not feeling like they're lying, right? They, they're, like you said, they're just wanting to be nice. And yep. anyway, yep. Exactly. So uh, you, you mentioned something earlier, you know, some people also view that humor is the the silver bullet, right? And so again, going back to like TV ads as our main frame of reference, some of our favorite TV ads are, you know, Budweiser commercials that, that you know, are, are yeah. funny or, or, yeah. or whatever. And, and so that's what we, that's what we want to create with our, with our online video ads. How do you guys achieve the balance of funny and persuasive, you know, funny and good sales tactics? How, how do you guys do that? think it's about rhythm. If you think of a song, it'll have, you know, these different, these different verses of the song, um, or, and then it'll have like a bridge and all the, all these different things. Like there's a very specific rhythm to songs and we have a specific rhythm in the way that we do ads where we are usually giving a piece of information and then following it up with a joke and then a piece of information and following it up with a joke. And sometimes that's like a paragraph of of education and then a quick one-liner to like land a joke and then another paragraph of information and a one-liner. That's, that's like one way to think about it. The other one is don't make your humor tangential. You don't want it to take you off into some space that doesn't have anything to do with the product. Talk about joking downstream that you want it all to tie back into the product. And then I think one more, one other thing is with, with, with comedy, you, there's a temptation to go out and into metaphor land and to create so much of this world and stuff around things. But what, what you want to do is you want the jokes to revolve around your product or service itself rather than having to draw on something all the time that is completely, um, maybe completely disconnected. If it makes sense, it makes sense, right? Um, but sometimes, like I said, met- metaphor land, if you're always comparing your product to it's analogous to this, or it's it's um, similar to this thing. At some point, that can break down, and that can work at times. But you you got to you got to be careful if you're um, on the on the clarity side of things. If you can just make it more straightforward. If you think of, for example, um, our chat books ad with the mom um, that's got the crazy life. There's nothing metaphor about it. It's just <clears throat> she's a really interesting it's character. Real it's just straight up real life. We built a world of stuff around that, but it's all just a, a really relatable world, and all the humor can come from the natural problem solution. The problem being that she's got too much craziness going on in life, in just being a mom and keeping up with her family and her kids and everything, to be thinking about taking the time to make a photo book of some kind. And so, all the humor can just naturally flow out of that, and then um, the the um, humor on the solution side of things of the actual product of chat books revolves around the photo books and, um, and the messages around those of how quick they are to, um, to, to set up and how, uh, how easy it is that they just, you know, import your, your Instagram feed and make that into a book. So. I love it. And I love that you, you mentioned, you know, not making your humor tangential or not mm-hmm. joking downstream because what I think happens with a lot of, creative agencies or a lot of video ads is that the humor becomes the star, the joke yeah. becomes the star, and it actually distracts. It is the joke actually pulls you away from the product and then you're not even thinking about the product. You're no longer in buyer mode. You're not, but I love that your jokes are really, they revolve around the product and they, mm-hmm. they kind of allow for that. They allow for someone to laugh and lighten up a little bit and almost be more receptive to the sales message. You know, yeah. And yeah. And these are principles, right? We, we, we haven't nailed it every time. We haven't been perfect about this, but those are, 
those are the principles that we try to measure our work against rather than just being like, oh, all we have to do is be be funny and then everyone's going to buy. Yep. <laughs> just, throw, just throw a joke out there. It'll be great. It, right. I think people underestimate how challenging it is to get that, to strike that right balance of it's enough humor to get someone to, to chuckle or smile, but it's not so much that it distracts and right. that it's on point enough to, to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the, the yeah. product. But really, I mean, the product, it's like the story of how your product makes someone's life better, right? And so, mm-hmm. so, so really helping land that is, is super, super critical. Well, let me relate with your audience for just one second. Please. This is hard even for us to do. I get that we've done yeah. it so many times and we have processes and systems and all this, all this stuff around and a great team and talent around being able to do what we do. But to do it, campaign in and campaign out, it is, it's really hard. It's really hard to do that. It, it's, it takes work. And again, you're going to assume you're not going to get it right on the first time. But if you give yourself the time, the budget to make mistakes and be human, then you're going to be in a much better place and just show it to people. What I always say is embrace embarrassment. Just get, get, get yourself embarrassed as quickly as possible by showing it to other people that haven't seen it and getting that real candid feedback. And you're going to make yourself um, a lot better off. It's better to be embarrassed in front of, you know, a handful of people offline than millions of people online. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. And the creative process is supposed to be a little bit messy, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not just clear cut. It's not uh, just simple. It's supposed to look this way. And if, if the Harmon brothers occasionally get it wrong and struggle with pieces, then, then we're all going to, right? That's just the way sure. it is. And, and the thing that I want to underscore, and I mentioned this before, but it's so worth getting this right because we've seen this time and time again. I'll, again, I'll go back to the YouTube ad example because that's my frame of reference. We've had certain products where we've had just what I would label as an okay video. And, you know, we're pretty good at the campaign structure. Like we know how to pick audiences and bid and structure everything and all that. Uh, It'll do okay. It'll kind of, you know, go along and it's fine. But then we introduce a video that's a winner and things can just explode. And that's where it's worth it, man. It's worth taking the time to get it right, to have the, have people in the market, the target market, review the script, review the, the footage it's worth taking those extra steps. It's going to make a lot more money in the long run yeah. if you get that right. So yeah. super important. Hey, let's talk about, we've only got a couple minutes left here. Let's talk about both. Uh, we mentioned the book. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add there other than just say you should go get it and read it. If, if nothing else for the, the title alone and hearing a couple of stories, um, it'd be totally worth the, the read. Uh, but let's talk about Harmon Brothers University. Uh, why'd okay. you guys start that? And, and what, what is Harmon Brothers University? Yeah, so we, we're obviously our agency, uh, um, we, we do big hero campaigns, right? We're, we're known for co- competing with the likes of people in, I mean, we're in little old Utah, but we, we compete with uh, people in LA and in New York and that, that kind of thing as far as like the level of branding and sales that we play on. And so um, a lot of our campaigns are out of reach for a lot of our customers as far as just the price point goes. And um, we've created some other packages and stuff to help people out that are more in the introductory stage. And so we've solved some of that problem, but there's always going to be people that are starting out early on and and we can't really help them out a whole lot. And what we've done is just taken our knowledge, institutionalized it in, um, in some courses, and we're allowing people to learn what we do. And literally when we do this in every course, we open up our entire playbook. We don't hold anything back. We teach you everything we know how to do as best we know how to do it. 
Um, and so we've got courses in there on everything. But like the best starting point for a lot of people is um, the 14-day video script challenge, which takes you from a blank page to a finished script. Um, very sales-focused, again, in um, in just the course of 14 days. And that is available on harmerbrothersuniversity.com and your audience can check that out. But um, it, it really is, it just teaches the um, the sales structure and principles that really help things click for um, your audience and turn them into um, into real buyers. So that's yeah, that's a great starting point. Love that. Highly, highly recommend that. I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But Harmon, it's harmonbrothersuniversity.com. Harmonbrothersuniversity.com. Yep. Yep. And, and I'll just throw this out there and I would assume you'd agree, but, but feel free to disagree if, if you do. You know, getting the script right is the most important part, right? Because it's it's the story, it's the message, it's what's in the video. It's, it's the, it it yeah. is the foundation, yep. It is the foundation. The way you cut the video, that matters too, no doubt yeah. about it. But, but you know, even if you, so if you get the script right and the message is right, even if you get, you can't afford the Harmon Brothers and you just have, you know, someone local cut it and create it, it it'll probably do okay. Like, okay enough mm-hmm. to get you going and then you can create, you know, the, the, the real video that you want. But with the wrong script and the wrong premise and, you know, just a, it doesn't matter how fancy it looks or how much you pay for production, if the script and the premise and the foundation is off, then, then none of the rest of it matters. Very true. Yep. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Daniel, this has been fun, dude. We could, we could keep going. We could I really have so many questions about <laughs> some of these, uh, some of these specific videos and I would love to go behind the scenes and, and hear what, what that was all like, but I know we're, we're up against the clock. So uh, definitely recommend people go to Harm Brothers University and check that out. Any other recommendations or requests or asks? Uh, you also have a great podcast people should listen to. Yeah, our podcast is the same name as um, our book, From Poop to Gold. And we very much go into the stories of entrepreneurs, marketers, content creators, of going from that state of being in a really crappy situation um, and turning it into something positive. I think every one of them that have been successful have had that story of going from poop to gold. And so that's what it's all about. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been a fun one. Awesome. Yep. I've listened to it. I really like it. I love the format. I love that. Uh, the premise of those stories. It's fantastic. And so with that, Daniel, thanks so much for coming on, man. This has been a blast. Thank you for having me, Brett. Appreciate yep, it. Ab- absolutely. And as always, we'd love to hear feedback from you, our listeners. We'd love to get that review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. And also let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what, what other topics you'd like us to dive into. And so with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, dude, that's a wrap. Okay, I know you got to At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.